want to talk to you about one of the most common sins of the children of Israel, for sure, in the Old Testament. Uh, also, it's just common for mankind. And what is that? Well, that's, that's a nice picture. Oh, I'll turn this on. It should work better. Most common sin among God's people is the sin, one of the most common, maybe not the most, that may be a little bit going too far, but one of the most common sins, it's in the, it's in the group at the top there, is murmuring, complaining. I, when I taught the young adult class years ago, above the door coming in, we had a, one of our members of the young adult class put it up in wood, do all things without murmurings and disputings. I'm going to look this way because of the live stream. But so, through all things without murmurings and disputings. Philippians 2.15, that you may be blameless and harmless. The sons of God and without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So sometimes we believe that we live among a perverse nation, which we do. But so did they. And so did everyone that ever was born. This, the world's not gotten better. Uh, our human nature has not improved one little inkling. It was bad 2,000 years ago. It's bad today. Now, I realize there can be such a thing as the amount of sin. There's no new sin. And there can be times when the amount of sin, there's a bloom in a particular amount of it, like in the case of Sodom and Gomorrah that had bloomed to the place where, you know, God sent his angels down there to get four people out. That was it. Four out of the whole city. Noah, it had bloomed to the place where only eight people left uh, that would be considered savable. God will not, I don't believe God kills people or takes them out if they're not, if they're savable. It's not God's will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. If they can be saved, he gives them time to be saved. But it's also merciful on God to take somebody out that's not savable because their uh, judgment just keeps getting worse and worse and worse the longer they stay here uh, because eventually they're going to have to face their own sin. Only two groups of people in the world, people who will not have to face their sin because they've trusted Christ as their Savior and allowed Jesus to take your sin, that group. That's hopefully you today. Uh, then that group that has... Uh, not trusted Christ as their Savior, which is the God, which is God's propitiation for sin, and He's the only propitiation that ever was given for sin. That group is going to have to answer for their own sin, and you have to take the responsibility and accountability for their own sin. That's that's a group you do not want to be in. You want to know, you know, you have eternal life, and have trusted Christ as your propitiation for sin. Um, tonight's going to be a little bit different, of course, than, than maybe I normally do if there is such a thing. So uh, anyway, I want you to, I want to just take a few minutes to do this and, and mention some things. Often from the pulpit in a good Bible-believing church or Bible-practicing church, you hear messages against sin or sins. It's not one of the most pleasant subjects you ever talked about. It's uh, sometimes considered negative by the world. Um, the Ten Commandments, which you have here and here, Ten Commandments are pretty much all negative, right? But the two greatest commandments, which summarize those Ten Commandments, are not negative. To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, the soul, the mind, and strength, and body. And the second one, 
is to love your neighbors yourself. Well, the first of the great commandments is to love the Lord thy God. That covers the first four of the Ten Commandments. The last six commandments are covered by love your neighbors yourself. So we have a vertical responsibility to God. How do you fulfill that? Ultimately, uh, you fulfill it in one way, is not do these negative things, but also you, do the, you don't do this because you love God. That's positive. You see how that works together? Positive keeps you away from the negative. You don't. So it's not, I don't want to worship another God because I know the one living and true God, and so I worship him. It's because I love him. And I don't hurt my neighbor, and, you know, now shall not murder, commit adultery, and steal, and all this other stuff. Lie. Why? Because I love my neighbor. Now, how do I love my neighbor? I can't do it naturally. I need the Holy Spirit to help me do this. That's why the law never could save anybody. All the law ever did, and all its purpose really was, is to show you you were a sinner unable to save yourself. Consequently, the sacrificial system was developed under Aaron and the Levites temporarily to cover your sins through the death of an animal and the shedding of that blood until Christ would come. In the fullness of the time, God sent forth his son, made a woman made under the law to redeem them under the law. And so that, that was Galatians 4, uh, 4, I believe it is, 4, 4. And so we have the, the, the sin of adultery is mentioned 69 times in the Bible. Sin of fornication. Uh, the word pornea, their immorality, is mentioned some 44 times in the Bible. The sin of coveting is mentioned 41 times. False witness or lying, something over 25 times. Stealing, mentioned over 28 times. One just has to look at the sin lists of the New Testament to realize the amount of warning that we are given about our greatest weakness, which is to sin or violate the law of God. What is sin? People ask me that. I said it last week. I say it again this week, 1 John 3, 4. A sin is a transgression of the law. That's what it says, 1 John 3, 4. The, most clear def the clearest definition of all the Bible about what is sin is found there in 1 John 3, 4. It is a violation of God's law. What is God's law is the definition of right and wrong. There is such a thing as right and wrong. There's no gray area, by the way. We make the gray area up. God does not. And God, everything I've seen in the Bible is, is black or white, yes or no, no gray area. It's the people that want to make all this gray area up. But really, when they stand before God, everything they did in their body is going to be judged on two ways, good, bad. Not three ways, good, bad, maybe. Not going to be good, bad, maybe they're all going to fit. Everything you've ever thought, everything you've ever said, everything you've ever done is going to be laid into one or two areas. It's going to be good or bad. Now, our sin as a born-again Christian has been taken care of under the blood of Christ when we trusted him by simple childlike faith without works, not works. We trusted him by faith and faith only, repentance and faith. And then he birthed us into his family. He applied the blood of Christ on all of our sin. It's gone. Now, what do we have left? Well, I'm not answer for my sin when I die, but I am going to answer for the deeds done in the body. In other words, I have done, with the light I've been given, what have I done? That's the way it's often been worded. I'm going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. You'll be judged at the judgment seat of Christ for your works now. Because people ask me, well, what am I going to be judged for? My sin's under the blood. They think it's, woo, it's free ride from there. No, after you got saved, 
you've, you've still got a free will, and you've made lots of choices. You made a choice to come to church tonight. Forsake not yourselves, assembling together, as is the manner of some, Hebrews 10.25. Also, the entire example of the book of Acts. and Our people develop groups, and a church means simply an assembly. But church isn't just an assembly. Church, a clear instruction in the New Testament, you had to have a, you were to get a God-called pastor, and that God-called pastor was to find some God-called deacons. And so a church, really a New Testament Bible church, has to have a God-called pastor with God-called deacons. Those deacons have very specific requirements. They can only be married one time in their life. They can't be married, they can't be married divorced. Uh, they can be only married one time and not divorced. You say, what about death? Death wipes marriage out. It wipes it out. So uh, like a brother like Hall, he could get married again, and, and his first marriage with, with, with the niece is over. And that's why God allows widows to get married and widowers to get married, because that first marriage is over. That's taught, I believe, you'll find that in Romans uh, chapter 7, about the last part of that chapter. And so, in other places, it's clear that death, death in, uh, uh, totally dissolves marriage, relationship. And in heaven, there's no marrying or giving in marriage. Oh, amen. No offense, man, but I know some people, and they did it honorably. But they endured their marriage, didn't enjoy it. They were born-again Christians. For some reason or another, their carnality or whatever wouldn't let them enjoy each other. And they kind of just stayed together. It was a kind of a handshake, legal agreement, financially beneficial, but it really wasn't an enjoyable thing. I can get around you pretty quick and find out whether you enjoy being married to your wife or not. Or whether you're enduring it or enjoying it. Some people are enduring the, the, the... But God, hey, there's honor to that. You're doing what God wants you to do. You're doing your duty like a soldier. Now, I wish it could be you do your duty and woo, have a big time like I am with my wife and I enjoy each other. Or at least let me just say this. I'm enjoying her company. Let her answer for herself. When I die, she may have said, man... She may go, man, he always said we were so happy, but I'll be honest with you, I was miserable through the whole thing. But you were obedient to the Bible. <laughs> and you never told me, which is really good. You always lied to me and told me you loved me. I'm glad there's no marriage in heaven. It's not because, <laughs> not because of my wife. It's just because it's going to be better than that. We're all going to be able to be intimate with each other. But more intimate than married people are intimate. I'm not talking about physical relationship now. I'm talking about intimacy of personalities, getting to know somebody. If you didn't have the evil nature, you could be close to everybody because you'd do them no ill. But we're not trustworthy with the old nature, man. We're just not trustworthy to do that. Not right now. Eventually... The resurrection, we'll be trustworthy. We'll be able to be intimate with each other without harming each other in any way. And that'll be beautiful. We have such good things waiting for us as born-again believers, un unable to even express them all, put put our armor on. But let me let me go into some. Well, let me let me say a little bit about the Old Testament first about murmuring. Murmuring is is found to be a very major sin of the Old Testament. 
Where we see the most of it is when the children of Israel come out of Egypt. When they come out of Egypt, they've been infected by e Egypt is a type of the world in the Bible. Everywhere you look, Egypt's a type of the world. The things of Egypt are not of God. Well, God's people were in Egypt for 430 years. God comes in there through Moses and Aaron and redeems them through all those ten plagues and everything, redeems them out of. He took them out of Egypt, but Egypt wasn't taken out of them. And you notice once in a while they refer about going back and, oh, we used to sit by the flesh pots of Egypt and have garlic and I think it's onions. And, and, and we used to, all we got now is free angels food. Proving that if you eat the same thing every day, no matter what it is, you'll hate it. And by the way, it's, it's clear in the Bible that it was, God gave them the, the, the uh, manna to prove them, to prove them, see who they were. Are you going to remain thankful? Are you going to, are you going to, are you, is, where's your heart? Is it back in Egypt or is it with me? And that was the whole battle. And they came up with a, at Kadesh Barnea, sent the 12 spies in, two of them come back and say, woo, it's the best thing in the world. It's the greatest thing. Let's do it. Ten of them said, no, hey, that's terrible. We're going to get slaughtered like pigs. After seeing all those miracles? You know, let's go back to Egypt. Of course, you know, on Mount Sinai, you know, when, he was, when Moses was gone for 40 days, another time they came to uh, Aaron and said, you know, I don't know where this Moses Yes, you do know where Moses is at. We don't know what's for this Moses. What's happened to him? Yes, you do. He's with God. But they nevertheless, unbelief, totally the sin of those folks. They couldn't unbelieve. Aaron, of course, did something horrible. He made him a golden calf and said, this be thy God. And they were going to go back to Egypt with that molten calf. They were going back to Egypt. Constantly with heart back in the world. Heart back in the world. Heart back in the world. So what was, their, what was one of their major sins? Murmuring. Complaining. Complaining. I looked up eight different times uh, in, in the Old Testament. Uh, we looked up uh, Exodus 15, 23, 26. Exodus 16, 2 through 4. Uh, Exodus 17, 3. Numbers 11, 1, Numbers 11, 4 through 9. I'm not going to read them for time. Uh, numbers 14, 1 through 2, Numbers 16, 11 through 13, and Numbers 16, 41. Those are at least uh, eight times that they murmur. Now, God sometimes, all I can tell you is there's about no better way to hurt God's feelings. And when he gives you something, you complain about it. And I know you girls that cook, you know about what I'm talking about. You cook a big meal, you know, you, you cook a pie, you, you, you roll the dough out, hand roll the dough out, and you put the, you know, the hand-picked strawberries and or whatever, you canned them or whatever. You put your best, you put your best foot forward, you put it, you, you cook it, you cool it, you put it in front of your husband, he takes his first bite and he goes, mm, not sweet enough. Not sweet enough. It's her best. It's her best. Or you'll say, that's too sweet. I can't do it. Now, I've been guilty of this. And every one of you probably have been guilty of this. You complain. You murmur. You complain. 
And, and you can just see the holy helium going. You know, the next time you get a pie, you're going to be a lot older. You're going to be really old the time you get the next pie. I guarantee you, you ain't going If you want another pie, sweet or bitter, you better say, oh, honey, I just can't tell you how good the work is you've done on this. I appreciate it. Now, you don't like the pie, but you, the work was phenomenal. And and when she moves, uh, you know, throw the third in the wastebasket, but then, oh, oh no, don't, don't lie. Those examples of murmuring in the Old Testament through it. And what happened to those folks? God judged them, one time judged them with fiery serpents. These poisonous snakes came among them. How many here hate snakes? Raise your hand. I actually don't. I, I like to handle snakes. You want me to throw a, a diamond back among you? I actually don't. We had, I was moving some papers and there was a, a rat snake in there. And I picked him up. And he was fine. You know, he didn't try to bite me or anything. And, I threw him over in the palmettos. And then I looked in there, and there was another snake, a black snake. And he had blue, baby blue eyes. Tom Gillespie, I'm putting you on the spot. Do you know why a snake has baby blue eyes? Ah! I know something he doesn't know. He actually knows it. He just forgot it. He's forgotten more than I know about animals. When they shed, there's a certain time their eyes turn blue. It has to do with, the, it looks blue. It looks, it looks baby blue. It has to do with the shed. Because I looked it up. I said, I've never seen a baby blue eyed black snake in my whole life. Callie mentioned it. But it was because it was shedding. And it, for a while, that film turns like a blue color, I guess, whatever. I think, now you know, it's been worse coming to prayer meeting. That snake I wasn't able to grab. He took off of one another. But my wife works around snakes all the time. And Ernie Leonard is deathly afraid of snakes. Ernie, are you watching this tonight? I hope you are. Ernie is deathly afraid of snakes, and he can't even believe that we get around snakes or buy snakes, or he said, I'd kill them all. And, and I only kill snakes that are poisonous. You know, I really only do that because they can bite me when I'm not paying attention. But otherwise, I let a snake go because it's a good thing. But he sent these fiery poisonous snakes among these folks. Thousands of them died. Thousands of them. Why? What wicked sin did they do that he would do? Murmuring. Murmuring. You and I are prone to wander. We're prone to gripe. Now, I'm not doing this thing. People always come up to me. Almost every time I preach or something like this, they come up to me and say, you having problems in the church, preacher? We're not having any problems with complaining as far as I know. I think everybody at Gospel is happy. <laughs> There's no such church except in heaven, the church in heaven. But, but you know, generally speaking, uh, yeah, our folks pretty well know what's useless to complain, so you might as well be happy about it. Um, and it draws the wrath of God down on what he's given us. By the way, tonight here at Gospel, this is a gift from God. There are people in Afghanistan who wish they could meet. But if they meet, they're going to get their heads cut off. And they're probably going to get their heads cut off anyway. And so we have this freedom tonight, this sense of security tonight. 
as a gift from God. It's a kiss from God. Now, I'm, I wish everybody had it all over the world. And, I, you know, I grieve for my brothers and sisters that are under persecution. You know, I don't ever want to be under persecution, but, you know, I'm, I know they are. Some of them are dying for the faith. There's no doubt that's been happening through the millenniums. Why don't, you know, why am I, like, delivered from that and they're not? I don't know. Only God knows that. You might as well not have curiosity about it. Just leave it to him. Leave it to him. Things happen the way they happen on that. But we see there was some murmuring in the New Testament. Um, and so in 1 Corinthians 10.10, 10, talks about, it goes back and refers to the Old Testament. See if I got that on this next slide. That's not it. Yeah, that's it. Um, let me. Look. I gotta look over here. I don't. I favor this side, but I'm trying to retrain myself to go over this way. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmur and were destroyed. You're talking about them people in the wilderness, destroyed by the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for samples, and they are written in our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Basically, he said, you know, the Old Testament, for you people who don't want to read the Old Testament, you're missing a lot of examples of God judging sin and what he feels about certain sins. Also, you're missing an example of who God is, his personality, and so many other things, what he thinks. But if you want to know who, if you want to meet a holy God, you got to read the Old Testament. You have to. Uh, you want to meet the Lamb of God, you want to read the New Testament. But uh, you, the, the holy God, uh, the holy of holies and the holy God manifesting himself in the Old Testament, who he was and how he hated sin and his attitude towards sin. And that same God, the Father, when he gave, when Jesus went to the cross, he, he allowed him to go through. People say to me, what's, what's the Father feel about sin? He, well, what, I, look at Calvary. What's God's opinion of sin? Look at Calvary. That was his own son. He spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. You get it, you get who God is. And so to start complaining about God with having him done what he has done for us. It's just not where you want to go. So let me go through. I'm not going to have time to do them all, but we're going to do some of them. Some of the New Testament sin lists to kind of update us. This is a little bit, this is not off the subject, by the way. But and oftentimes in the Bible, people say, what, what is sin? Well, the New Testament has sin lists to help us understand what God hates, what he approves and disapproves. Romans 1, 29-30, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, that's immorality. Almost at all the sin lists, I have about 10 of them. There's five real major ones. In every one of the sin lists in the New Testament, immorality is right at the top. Right at the top. Should not surprise you that immorality is at the top. So what would be one sin you really want to, man, you really want to shore up against? Immorality. Both in your mind, 
and expressed by your body. You want to stay away from it. You want to woo, do whatever you got to do. Stay away from the mall. Stay away from the beach. Whatever you got to do. But do not do not entertain immorality. Fornication, the word pornea. Pornography. Pornea. Uh, wickedness. Covetousness is almost always mentioned. Covetousness. Covetousness is unhappy when other people succeed. Are you happy when other people succeed? Or are you covetous, jealous? Covetous also is a love of money. Love of money is a root, is a root of all evil. Or I think it's the root of all evil. Um, you have maliciousness. That just covers a whole bunch of stuff, doesn't it? Full of envy. Envy. Other people get rewarded. Other people get promoted. Other people get recognized. You did the same thing they did, but nobody mentions your name. You get mad. You're committing envy. You shouldn't do it. You should be. If you love people, here's what's helped me through the years. <clears throat> I'm supposed to love you. I'm commanded to love you. I am not commanded to like you. Because that's not possible. But I'm commanded to love you. That is possible. And if I love you like a agape love, like Bible love, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to be doing, I'm going to do you good. It doesn't mean I want to go out to eat with you and have big fellowships with you and get up because maybe I can't stand being around you. I've had people tell me, I can't. Darla Boucher is not watching this, but she ought to be. Somebody ought to call her. Darla came to me. Darla Boucher was John Boucher's wife. I really like Darla. I actually like Darla. And I love Darla. But I like her. She is spunky. And she was young. And I told her that she couldn't go on certain function with her husband because her, her clothing wasn't appropriate. My, 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 did I touch her button. She came up to me, and she got her finger about this far away from my nose. And she was standing right there, and she said, I am sick, sick, sick of you. And I thought that was the funniest thing I'd heard in years. I just started going hilariously laughing. Then she started crying because she was really trying to hurt me. I said, we are now on a whole nother level of friendship. Because if you feel you can talk to me that way, then we are like buddies. Oh, she started crying, went to, the, went to her car. So men, I give you a weapon. When your wife gets real all over you, just start laughing and thank her for it. And she'll run in the bedroom crying, quit leave you alone. Murder, debate. You ever be around somebody, all they want to do is argue? All they want to do is debate? I'm, I'm sick of that. At 69 years old, I ain't doing that anymore. I'm not debating about it. Now, I'll tell you the truth in love, but I'm not going to sit there and chaw. Deceit, malignity, that's just a foul attitude. Whisperers, God forgive, that's that old, that's that old tongue of the devil himself, the gossip. 
Back, by the way, gossip is hurtful information. Just saying that, that Marilyn dyes her hair is not hurtful. That's just fact. No, I mean, you know, and I do not dye my hair. And if you say I do, then that's lying. But I mean, you know what I'm saying. A whisperer, a lot of times, anybody that passes anything, anything on about, oh, if, if, I say, if I say Jim Knox in the real estate business, I'm not gossiping about him. I'm telling the truth about him. But if I say he's a horrible real estate guy, now I've gone over into the gossip whispering. Backbiters. And all that's related, by the way. Haters of God. By the way, you know this is verbal. Debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters. That's all that verbal murmuring. That's all part of definition of would be a murmuring. Haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters. I can't stand to get around somebody who uh, knows everything and how to do everything. And, and uh, one time this young 20-something came around and everything you said, he said, well, I can do that. When you get around, you young people, when you get around old people, the best thing you can do is I had to wire a 220 home run of a 220 for a stove to the box, from the box to the stove. You got to home run it by code. You can't have any interruption. And I, he, he heard I was going to do it, and he says, oh, I can do that. I said, have you ever done that before? He said, no, but I'll, I'll, I can learn as I go. We're talking something you got to be in code. you got to be a licensed electrician, which takes about four years. And he's arrogant enough to think he – I used to take. I used to hire a guy to help me lay floor covering. I've been – working many years doing it, and they'd say, well, I could learn this in two weeks. What's the big deal? If you want to be stupid, you better be tough. But I mean, uh, boasters, inventors of evil things. They come up with new stuff. Disobedient to parents. What, what would it be said of you? Without understanding. Covenant breakers. Without natural affection. Implacable, unmerciful. These are this is a sin that people say, What is sin? Well, there it is. There's defined a lot of it. Okay, there's another one. First Corinthians 6 9 through 10. Uh, know you not that unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you know that? Do you know that? Know that. Don't you let a preacher tell you any way differently than that. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. That's homosexuals in every direction. The word effeminate, I believe there, means catamite or cat-like. That's why I don't like cats. Nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall enter the kingdom of God. Bingo! What's that mean? Because all of us were Probably some of that. Not everything, but we were, probably all of us fit into one of those, or two of those. Why would we go to heaven? Because we've trusted in Jesus Christ, been born from above, the Holy Spirit has come in us. But we don't continue in those things that we were saved out of. I think that's as clear as crystal. 
Here's another one. Galatians 5, 19, 21. Now the works of the flesh. Oh, I like that. I love definitions. Works of the flesh are these, are manifest, which are these, adultery. Notice, notice the immorality right at the front of the list. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness. Now that's all kinds of immorality that wouldn't be covered by adultery or fornication. Because men are pretty uh, creative when it comes to this. But if you read Leviticus, um, pretty well covers about everything you're going to be able to do wickedly. Uh, lascivious, that's all manner of evil and wickedness. Just in any, and it's a net, just general net. Idolatry. What is idolatry? Giving credit for something that only God gets the credit for. Evolution is idolatry. This, the theory of evolution is idolatry. You're saying that it created itself and has uh, sustained itself and has defined itself when God says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That is idolatry. Substituting anything for God. Idolatry. Witchcraft, of course, is, uh, that's a whole other different area. Witchcraft. You know, fortune-telling, seances, uh, getting your palm read. Uh, it has to do with demons, and it's a door you don't want to open. You don't need to know, and you don't want to know what the demons think of you. Don't go into that. It's what door you can't shut. Hatred and variances and emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Notice the attitude of that. It's a mean-spirited deal. It's, it's self-destructive. It's sin is self-destructive in its very nature. Envyings and murders. and Well, you have murders because of envy. Drunkenness. That, my mother used to say, if you, never take a, if you never drink a drop of alcohol, you'll never be a drunkard. Amen, amen. Amen? Teetotaling. And revelings and such the like, of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Is there anything fuzzy about that? Remember who wrote that. Paul the Apostle, he knew something of the grace of God. He knew something of the gospel of God. He wrote the whole book of Romans, the gospel of God, through the Holy Spirit. We're talking about a man who nobody else in probably the New Testament knew the gospel any better than Paul knew, and yet this is what he said. If you continue in these things, don't deceive yourself that you're saved. There's a lot of people out there who said, I got saved at 5 years old, I got saved at 12 years old, and they haven't lived for God. Their life does not reflect God. And if I was a betting man, I would bet 9 out of 10. They are, have nothing to do with God, and when they face God someday, He's going to condemn them. Here's what He'll say, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Where iniquity means lawless. Iniquity means self-willed. That's a big warning right there. Ephesians 5, 3 through 5, but these are another list of things. But fornication, notice, another immorality at the top. Fornication, all uncleanness, and that's all different kinds of immorality or covetousness. There, oh, there's a covetousness again. You're seeing something, aren't you? You're seeing it show up again. Let it not be once named among you as become a saints. What's fuzzy about that, right? Don't, don't be doing these things. And if you do them, 
The righteous fall seven times and rise up again. If you do them, you better be on your knees and be faced before God and ask him to forgive you and cleanse you in the blood and pull you back out of this thing. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting. That doesn't mean you don't have a sense of humor, but that's wicked. There's a lot of wickedness in humor. There's a lot of vile humor. They use humor as a weapon to get it in. And that's we're not to be part of that which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, there it is that immorality again, you could say womanizer, nor unclean person, that has to do with sexually unclean, nor covetous man, which is an idolater, because they substituted money for God. The love of money is, you're supposed to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your body, and not the dollar. Hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God? What part of that is fuzzy? I ask you tonight, is this enough? Is this enough? It is enough. It's enough. And it's probably something you should take some people to and show them and say, and you're not judging them. The Bible's judging them. I'm not judging anybody. I have no power to judge anybody other than to show them what the Bible says about it. This is what the book says. You're going to stand before Jesus Christ who gave himself for you as a judge of all the earth, he's going to be a righteous judge and an honest judge, but he's also not going to give a bunch of slack to people who insulted him and murmured against him by their life and by their verbiage. Both. Yeah. A church, a group of people, or an individual that is pleasing to God, do not have these things in their life. Do not have these things in their life. If they do, they don't have them in their life very long. I, I read this little story. A typical American family was driving home from church one Sunday. Dad was fussing about the sermon being too long and sort of boring. Mom said she thought the organist played too loudly. Boy, I've heard that here. During the second hymn they sang, Sis, who was a major Music major in college said she thought the solo was saying about a half a note off, Mr. Mr. Not, off key during most of her song. I've been told that about my song. Grandma said she couldn't hear very well. I've heard that. Since they were sitting towards the back. I like that people sit towards the back and so say they can't hear very well. Hey, the front row's open. As they pulled into the driveway, little Willie, little Willie, little Willie, who had listened to all of this, started to fuss about the woman who sat in front of him with the big hair. Then he paused, nudged his dad, and said, this is little Willie. But dad, you got to admit, it's a pretty good show for a nickel. That was all they threw in the offering plate. Yeah. Let's not murmur as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. And I'm not preaching this because we got a problem with gospel because I don't think we really do. I think you people... Of sweet folks. 
and want to do the will of God. And for the most part. But we're growing, too. We're growing. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.